"'Here it is, Peter,' said Mr. Campbell, a little out of breath from the climb. "'It's not the only tree that came down in yesterday's blow, but, as I said, it's got the field number on it.' Peter stood there, looking at the fallen tree. It was a silk oak, at least forty feet long. Some Jamaicans called them silky oaks, and had damaged a number of coffee bushes when it fell. But most of the coffee would recover— and the coffee cherries grew only on new wood anyway. According to the radio, the storm responsible for the trees falling had been a hurricane. Born in the eastern Caribbean, it had screamed its way west across the Dominican Republic and Haiti, and the island of Jamaica had seemed to be squarely in its path. Even now, Peter could see his father standing in the old great house living room, a look of despair on his tired face as he listened anxiously to each new bulletin. Then, at the last moment, the storm had veered to the north, and except for high winds, the island had been spared. He still remembered, though, his father's grim words on turning away from the radio at last. Obviously thinking of Mom and Mark, though both had been dead for more than three years now, Dad had said with a look of wildness in his eyes, I thought, I thought I was going to lose the plantation too, Peter. I couldn't believe the good Lord would hand me another such blow, but it seemed as if he was going to. What do you think, Peter? the headman was saying. Peter snapped out of his reverie. What, Mr. Campbell? That other silky oak over there. Wouldn't you say that's the best tree to put the new number on? By asking his advice, the headman was paying him a kind of compliment, Peter knew, probably because he, twelve-year-old Peter Devon, was the one who had persuaded his father to replace the old rusty field numbers in the first place. Since Mark's death, Peter had been attending a private boarding school in Florida and spending holidays and summer vacations here with Dad. He hated being in Florida when Dad was here, but Dad had insisted. This year, on coming for the summer, he had found that the plantation warehouse had been re-roofed with aluminum, and some sheets were left over. "'What I ought to do, Dad, is cut up a sheet or two, and make some new aluminum numbers for the coffee fields. Those old zinc ones are rusting out around the nail holes.' "'Good. You know, Peter, you're a big help. I'm glad school's over for a while, and you can be here with me.' Dad's saying that had meant a lot, because Mark had always been the one he looked to for help on the plantation. Five years older than Peter, Mark had been fourteen when he died. Suddenly inspired, Peter had blurted out, I wish I didn't have to go back to Florida, Dad. I'd rather stay here with you. Well? I could go to school at Knox again, like I did with Mark. Knox was a fine old Jamaican establishment that now, in 1989, was as good as any school anywhere. He and his brother had boarded during the week but had been able to spend weekends on the Kilmarney plantation because Dad or Mr. Campbell would come for them. But when Mark died, Dad had thought it best for Peter to live with his grandmother Devon in Florida. "'Well, we'll see,' Dad had replied after a silence long enough to make Peter feel hopeful." I'll think about it, son. You ready? Mr. Campbell asked, again interrupting Peter's thoughts. Peter slid the knapsack from his shoulder and took out the rest of the numbers. 
He and Mr. Campbell had already replaced the first fourteen. He found the ten-inch square of aluminum on which he had painted the number fifteen in black enamel. Then he and Mr. Campbell went around the fallen tree, which would be removed later by workmen with machetes, and headed for the tree the headman had selected. Suddenly the mountain silence was shattered by a loud report, and both of them stopped short. Mr. Campbell turned his head so fast that Peter thought his neck might snap. In his sixties, Winston Campbell usually was slow and deliberate in his movements. Peter, that sounded like a shot! The question, if it was one, was answered by the echoes. It had been a shot, all right, and from a gun not too far away. As the sound rebounded from the surrounding mountainsides, Mr. Campbell's long face took on a scowl.